Hey there, listeners. It's Malik and Reese here with your Bigger Pockets podcast, where we answer your rental questions with our rental experts. This week, we have Charlie, who is a rental investor from DC. Charlie is wondering if his tenant goes to jail, like, does he still a victim? So, Charlie's tenant is in prison, like, or, or jail with no bond. He's wondering, like, should he evict him or just change the locks or, like, what, how does that go? So, awesome question, Charlie. Just seen it, just experienced it. So, I'm going to give you the, the advice that an attorney told me is you still have to go through the same eviction process as if he were still living in the, the home. No different if he was not paying rent because he was still there or if he was in jail. So eviction process is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So ironic, though, that we brought that up and when i just seen this. So So what if that violates, like, a clause that you have that says um, no one with any convictions, like a criminal history that can live in your properties? Does that... Yeah, prior convictions wouldn't matter. It's all the the future convictions, and it really doesn't even come down to the criminal record in this. It's the guy's not paying rent. I mean, he could have been in jail and still had you know somebody in his family maybe still paying the rent. But when it comes down to no rent payment, doesn't matter what his status is. It's it's still the same eviction proceedings. Oh, awesome. So let's move on. Grayson um, is also an investor from Kansas City, Missouri, and he is wondering that he has inherited a Section 8 tenant, and the rent is still pretty low even with the voucher. Um, Grayson is new at this, so he doesn't understand the ins and outs of Section 8, but he wants to uh, just know that he sees that there's fair market rent in his area for three bedrooms that is four fifty or higher. He wants to know if he can raise the rent to that amount or um, how he has to go through with Section 8 to just make that official. So, number one, congrats to Kansas City Chiefs. I know that's uh, a big deal for you guys winning the Super Bowl this past year, so congrats on that. But the way Section 8 works is a little bit different in every county. Every housing authority is a little different, but as a general answer to this, they determine what the rental amounts are going to be if you accept Section 8. So, for that zip code, it says that it's $500, and that's what market rate is that's what you'll be able to charge. You cannot up that without their approval on doing so. Their math on that, um, I've never got a clear answer on it, but basically they take other properties that are similar to yours and what the market rent is, and they'll compile that and most review that annually. So he's saying that he heard that uh, you have to subtract utility costs from that. Is that true? So they do take into an account what's all included with the rent, whether it's sometimes, you know, if it's a multifamily property, water, sewer, trash is included, or if it's something that the resident has to pay for, that's all calculated into it. So basically the housing authority is going to look at this person's getting a Section 8 benefits because they need financial assistance. So what are they financially responsible for? They take into account the rent, if they're paying any utility bills, electric, things like that, before they'll determine exactly what they're going to pay you as a property owner. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Misty from Bloomfield, New Jersey. She is a new property owner and she has a two family living in one of her properties, one upstairs unit and one downstairs. Um, the husband, he's fantastic references, always rent on time and they really like it there. They want to stay there long term. The only issue is her downstairs tenant is complaining that the kids are running up and down all day, she's getting headaches from the noise, and she's had to go to the doctor's office. What would you advise that she does? So it's, those are difficult situations. When you purchase a uh, multifamily property that's, that has different levels to it, and you do have some different tenor, tenant interactions that you do have to manage. Um, a lot of times people think you buy a property, if it's a duplex that's side by side, it's managed the same way as a duplex top over bottom, and it's not. You're going to have some more tenant issues. So 
In this situation, what I would advise is if you get a lot of um, complaints from your downstairs tenant and things like that, number one, let the upstairs know. But if those complaints continue, it may be a situation that either you don't need to renew the top tenants because they're being a disturbance to your other neighbors, or you don't renew the bottom residents because they're issuing excessive complaints about your top neighbors. So either way, it sounds like you've got a tenant jiving issue where they don't get along. So you're not going to be able to force that issue. So essentially, you're going to have to at some point, if you want that to happen, one of your residents would be a non-renewal and then you could go find new tenants. Mm-hmm. Just just give me a little bit of more information. She's saying that uh, she does have a noise clause in place, which is between the hours of 10, a.m., 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And they're saying that it's outside of the noise clause. So she doesn't know if she can ask her upstairs residents to have their kids be quiet at 9 a.m. which is 7 p.m. And she's also saying that her downstairs tenant is claiming that they're having health issues because there's dust on their furniture from, I guess, from the upstairs property. So uh, what would you advise? They're not friendly neighbors. <laughs> um, but it, again, it's just going to come down to the lease enforcement part. It's one of those things, how do you prove it? They could, I mean, they, the downstairs can say they're making noise, but the upstairs says they're not making noise. It's a he said, she said thing. The only thing you can really prove is when you have um, official noise complaints, which would be from like police department, or if you have issues with the property, we can take visual photos. But it's just going to come down to it sounds like your tenants aren't the best of friends. They're not going out for coffee together. So might want to see how you can change that arrangement. So if you let um, either one of your tenants break lease, would you advise a fine or would you just... Um, there's depends on how you want to manage it. Sometimes I've, I've heard of landlords that will you know, say, hey, you can get your full security deposit back and, and you can move. You know, No penalty if you want to break lease. Most of the time, the correct way to handle this would be just non-renew one of the tenants. So if they're at the end of their lease, just don't renew that tenant and go find a new one. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Reese. That's all the questions we have today. For your questions, comments, and opinions, contact the Always Fast, Always Professional, and Always Responsive Rental Experts. And text us at 813-534-4662. One more time, that's 813-534-4662. 5344662 and we'll see you next time.